biblical evidences that help us to identify supernatural manifestations that take place in and amongst the church as to whether those manifestations are in fact the work of the Holy Spirit or the work of another spirit. And in this particular section we're looking at um, what I've entitled um, indiscriminate anointings. What, is, what do I mean by that? It means purely that there are in cases in certain churches and in certain ministries where an anointing is imparted, a supernatural power is imparted to members of the congregation indiscriminately. In other words, there's there's no criteria as to just who the the individuals are that they lay hands on. In other words, ministries they lay hands on everybody. In those churches, they also lay hands on everybody. And an impartation does take place. There is a supernatural uh, manifestation that occurs, but in those instances, we're saying that that is not the work of the Holy Spirit. That is, in fact, the work of another spirit. And the reason we can say that is because, biblically speaking, it doesn't meet the criteria that the Holy Spirit gives us with regards to the ministry of the laying on of hands. And we said this whole as issue really is resolved around the doctrine of the laying on of hands. And so if that doctrine is taught correctly to the church, well, then she doesn't get into error in this area. However, where that doctrine is not taught correctly to the church, well, then error does arise. And so in continuance with that particular vein, the scripture that we'll open up with today is in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 to 13. The Apostle Paul writing, and he says, Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you are truly unleavened. For indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Verse 11. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those who also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. And so we've already mentioned this, that Paul likens um, sin in the church to a, to a um, leaven in a lump. And he, goes, he, he makes the comment here, do you not know that a little leaven leavens a whole lump? And so I've likened sin to a virus. And it's the same concept in that as leaven, a little leaven leavens a whole lump, so a sin virus is also contagious. And that uh, contagion can spread unless the um, originator of the sin virus is quarantined. Now Paul talks along that line because he talks about the fact that in this passage of scripture he says, that if a brother, in other words, a fellow believer, um, is practicing a lifestyle of sin, being sexually immoral, covetous, idolatry, lists a few of the, the fleshly practices that these people um, follow after, he says that we're not to even eat with such a person. So there is that quarantine effect that should take place within the church. So if the Holy Spirit is counseling us not to have fellowship with a fellow believer, and this is, again, talking only about believers. The sin contamination can only take place between believers. It cannot take place between a believer and an unbeliever. We've already mentioned that. 
that um, it is very scriptural for believers to lay their hands on all unbelievers who are in fact sinners. They are uh, sexually immoral, they're covetous, all of that. Their sin does not impact on the believer because it's two different kingdoms. And so there is no transference of sin upon the, the believer if they lay hands on unbelievers so that they may be healed. However, in the church environment, it changes because we're of the same lump, we said. And so sin in a, a fellow believer can impact uh, the life of the believer who is laying hands on the believer who's practicing sin. And so again, the Holy Spirit tells us, guys, if a fellow believer you know about is walking in a lifestyle of sin, you're not to have fellowship with them, you're not to eat with them. Now, if he tells us not to have fellowship with them or not to eat with them because of the contamination effect of sin, for a little leaven leavens the whole lump, then he's certainly not going to counsel us to lay hands on the individual so that they may be healed, so that they may uh, be blessed, so that they may receive some form of impartation from the Lord. And that is what uh, the, the counsel of the Holy Spirit is to us in this particular area. And so what you find is, is that in some churches specifically and also some ministries that you know travel around two churches they encourage the lay members to lay hands on one another they're very um, comfortable to have everybody in the congregation laying hands on everybody else in the congregation and impart some form of blessing towards to, to each other now that is completely unscriptural because um, you, you know, you, you, you're, you're surrounded by people sitting alongside of you and you do not know what their lifestyles are like. They, even though they are brothers and sisters in the Lord, to you they are strangers, especially in larger churches. And so you don't know what their, their lifestyles are like. And so for you to turn around and lay your hands on them in order to bless them, um, well, there is a problem that could occur because of the sin contagion effect that takes place through the laying on of hands, between believers that is. And so it is unscriptural for um, ministries and uh, churches to encourage uh, congregations to lay hands on one another. Um, you get the scenarios that uh, are raised, that, you know, somebody says, uh, this person needs prayer in the congregation, everybody around them just lay hands on them. Well, now everybody around that person might be living in unrepentant sin themselves. And then there can be the contagion effect of sin transference that takes place. And so it's not scriptural for lay members to lay hands on other lay members. When I say it's not scriptural, it's not the normal practice. Um, the normal practice in scripture is that we have um, elders laying hands on lay members in the body of Christ. And if you go look at the book of Acts and you look at the epistles, that is the norm that is practiced. In fact, there are, there are no examples given to us in the Bible of one believer laying hands on another believer. Somebody said, well, what about Ananias? He went and laid hands on Paul because Ananias was just a disciple. Well, if you go read Paul's account of that um, occurrence, uh, later in the book of Acts, he actually refers to Ananias as being blameless and uh, a member of good reputation among the Jewish believers in Damascus at the time. So it's very possible and most probably was the case of uh, Ananias was in fact an elder 
of the church in, in Damascus that the Lord used to go lay hands on Saul. And so it, it can happen. It's not, I'm not saying it is completely unscriptural for, for lay members to lay hands on fellow lay members within the body of Christ, but it's not the normative practice. The normative practice uh, revealed to us in Scripture is that elders or ministry gifts lay hands on lay members in the body of Christ. And there is a reason for that. The reason being is that there's a criteria for um, members of the body of Christ to become an elder in the church. Um, they have to meet, in, uh, Paul lays it out in Timothy's uh, letters to Timothy and also to, to Titus. And so elders are meant to live exemplary lifestyles, lifestyles that can be put forward as examples to the body of Christ. And so uh, there is this uh, safety mechanism in that elders normally are, are walking free of a, a lifestyle of practice sin. And so when they lay hands on lay members, there is not that transference of a sin that can take place through the laying on of hands between the two individuals. Because as I say, the elder is meant to be living uh, a godly lifestyle. And so there's no danger from that point of view. And also don't forget when uh, James admonishes elders to lay hands on members of the body of Christ for them to be healed. One of the things he says the elders need to deal with is unrepentant sin in the life of that believer first before they lay hands. And so that's the counsel given to elders so that there can't be the transference of sin back to the person who's actually doing the laying on of hands. Because don't forget, we, we, we've, um, that's what Paul admonishes the, uh, Timothy. He says, don't be hasty in laying hands on anyone. Keep yourself pure um, and do not partake in other people's sins. And thus implying that if we are indiscriminate in the use of the laying of hands amongst believers, that we do open ourselves up to this contamination effect of sin. And now you, you, so as I say, there are churches and there are ministries that encourage everybody to lay hands. Uh, I've watched it, uh, you know, you get somebody to get up there and say, well, you know, I just feel that the Lord wants everybody to lay hands on everybody else and to bless each other. And they all start laying hands on everybody else. And you start seeing, not in every instance, but you do start seeing demonic manifestations taking place. You start seeing people um, falling down and rolling around, writhing on the floor, screaming out. That type of manifestation takes place because, as I say, within a, a congregation, especially a large one, there's a lot of strange people in that congregation, a lot of Christians who are living a lifestyle of, of practice sin and that transference takes place. And so you even get churches that take this error to the complete extreme. You get some churches that practice what they call uh, a fire tunnel, that's the name they give it. And what that means is, is that they get the congregation to line up um, and form like a, a a tunnel they call it, you have two lines of, of congregation members lining up and they, they encourage all of the congregation to walk through this tunnel. Now as they do, everybody lays hands on that particular individual as they walk through. And you know, that is so completely unscriptural, it is so against what the Holy Spirit counsels us to do that it opens up the saints to all sorts of weird impartations taking place. Now, very often you do see supernatural impartations taking place. 
that these people are affected. Um, they're thinking it's the Holy Spirit who's given them multiple anointings, but it is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would not condone that practice because he counsels us not to do that, not to go anywhere close to that. And so a lot of those churches that um, do that kind of practice um, are being used by a wrong spirit. A wrong spirit is influencing the Lord's people, the Lord's sheep. Those shepherds will have to give an account to the Lord. Uh, he is not pleased with what transpires in those environments. You get, uh, there's just uh, so much, there's a myriad of that type of thing taking place in churches today, and it is completely unscriptural. And as I say, mainly because of the, the sin contamination effect. But there is also this other reason as well. And we did allude to it earlier, but we'll touch on it again now with this passage of Scripture. And that's in Numbers chapter 22, verse 12 to 22. Scripture says, And God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people. They are blessed. Verse 21. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Then God's anger was aroused because he went, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey, and his two, two servants were with him. So I've alluded to this point already as well. So it can very well be that when we lay hands on individuals without being led of the Holy Spirit, that we can be going against God. And, uh, and Balaam is a, is, a, is a case in point. He was a prophet. He was used of the Lord, a Gentile prophet. Nevertheless, he was still used of the Lord. Now, in this instance over here, Balak from Moab, the tribe of Moab, had wanted Balaam to go and curse Israel because he wanted to defeat them in battle. Balaam was offered a lot of money to curse Israel by um, Balak or Balak, however you pronounce it, the king of Moab. Uh, Balaam was uh, covetous. He wanted that money. He, he, that's one of his problems, is that why he lost his anointing eventually, is that he was after the money all the time. And so he went to try and curse those whom God had blessed. Now God said to him, you shall not do curse the people, for they are blessed. So Balaam was now uh, going completely against God. And it nearly cost Balaam his life. If it hadn't been for the donkey uh, saving his life, that angel would have killed Balaam on that occasion. And so that's the principle that is laid out for us in this passage of Scripture, that it's not good for us to go against what God has done. Now, take that concept over into the church and indiscriminate anointing. In other words, ministries and churches that lay their hands on everybody and every, anybody that they want to, that there's no leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit in that area at all. Um, well, it could just well be that for argument's sake, the person that we're about to lay hands on has in fact been judged of the Lord. And the Lord does do that. Um, book of Corinthians, book of Hebrews, all throughout the New Testament, the Lord talks about the fact that he chastens those whom he loves. And one of the chastening that the Lord uses is sickness. So in other words, uh, a person might be sick in their lives because of unrepentant sin in their lives. And so the Lord has allowed sickness to come on their bodies because they refuse to repent. And he wants them to get to that place of repentance. Now I come along and I just want to now bless the person. I want to lay hands on you 
that you may be healed. Well, what have I done now? God's allowed that sickness upon that believer because that believer is in unrepentant sin. I'm trying to reverse what God has done. What have I done? I've now come against God and I find myself in the same place as Balaam. Balaam just did it in reverse. He tried to curse whom God had blessed. And so I'm coming along trying to bless whom God has cursed because sickness is a curse. Um, and so just as God was angry with Balaam and it nearly cost Balaam's life, well, God will become angry with uh, his saints that try to override that which he's doing in the lives of others. And so, again, it's just another admonition to us in Scripture. It says to us, guys, when it comes to the laying on of hands, when it comes to imparting blessing, when it comes to imparting the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to be discerning. We cannot go down the road of everybody lays hands on everybody else. Um, and it becomes a free-for-all because what it does open the door to is demonic spirits being imparted, sin contagion taking place, and it's not the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not counsel those practices in the church whatsoever. And we really need to be guarded in this particular area. So if you go into churches and, you, and the, the common practice in that church is everybody lays hands on everybody else, then the red flag must go up and you must realize this is not God and you know better I stay away from these ministries and these churches because uh, you go into that and you'll come away with something that you never had before and it's not something that you wanted believe you me there is then this other aspect to it as well we pick it up in 2 John chapter 1 verse 9 to 11 whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. And so here the Apostle Paul, John, sorry, the Apostle John is warning the church about another aspect as well. He's saying, and in context, he's talking about. People that we know about, ministries that we know about, that preach a false doctrine, that preach a distorted gospel. He says we're not to invite them into a house, receive them into a house, or even greet them. Why not, John? He says, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. What does that mean? It means that the Lord holds the individual now accountable for the same judgment that he's pronouncing upon this person who's proclaiming a false gospel. Now, this is not talking about people that like are, are uh, proclaiming another religion entirely. For arguments like Jehovah's Witnesses, they like to go around uh, to people's homes, knock on their doors, and they want to now share the, the, the false religion with people. Now, a lot of Christians say, well, don't let them come into your home because you now you're sharing in their deeds. No, that's not the case. They're not believers. They, they're talking about another religion. You can um, speak to them and you can witness to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't invite them in if you're a baby believer and you're not too sure about the gospel yourself because a lot of those Jehovah's Witnesses know their Bible and are able to you know, quite easily... Um, distort things and make it, it gets complicated but if you know the word of God and you know what you're talking about invite them in and witness to them and share the gospel with them so it's not talking about that what this what John is talking about is when you, there are believers out there ministers of the gospel that are teaching a false doctrine a distorted gospel that you know about and you invite them in and you greet them and 
John says, when you do that, you share in their evil deeds. And so it's another reason why it is that we do not uh, partake of indiscriminate laying on of hands, imparting blessing. Why? Because when we do partake of it, our Lord says to us, we share in their evil deeds. So in other words, ministers who encourage this type of practice may themselves, and there are, believe you me, there are these ministers out there, some of them that are actually carrying around demonic spirits. They're still children of God, but they've got this demon that works with them, and they work with the demon. And what happens is um, the judgment that the Lord has pronounced upon that person will fall upon the individual members of the congregation if they are following after that person and adhering to the practice that they adhere to. And so uh, that kind of closes off this particular section with regards to indiscriminate anointing. It is not the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not go against his own word. And so he does not encourage uh, congregations to indiscriminately lay their hands on everybody and, and everybody, anybody and everybody that are around them. Uh, that fire tunnel thing that some of the churches practice is an absolute abomination to the Lord. It is not of God. Our Lord is not pleased. Those shepherds who encourage that in their churches will give an account to our Lord Jesus Christ. Because as I say, a lot of wrong things are imparted to the Lord's sheep and that does not please him at all. And so we do need to steer away from that. So any churches that you know of, any ministries that you know of that encourage that practice you know everybody let that person stand up everybody around them just lay hands on them and you get about 10 or 12 people laying hands on the individual um <laughs> that individual is going to get something that he didn't want and it can go in the opposite direction as i say as well talking about the sin virus and so we definitely must be guarded in this area and as i say the normative practice in scripture is for elders to lay their hands on lay members because elders are meant to be living uh, a lifestyle that is free from sin practices so that they cannot be imparting sin to those who they lay hands on. And we're going to end the teaching on that point.